0: Can the Aggies offense be dominant against the Appalachian State defense? On this episode of the Locked On Aggies Podcast. You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Locked On Aggies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I am your host, Joey Ikes. Thanks so much for making Locked On Aggies your first listen. Today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Today we are talking about the matchup between the Texas A&M offense and the Appalachian State defense. And we spent a lot of time on yesterday's show talking about the App State offense that scored 61 points in their matchup against North Carolina, including 40 points in the fourth quarter. The thing we didn't talk about all that much is the fact that despite the fact that they scored 61 points on offense, they gave up 63 points over the course of the game between defense and special teams. One of those was an onside kick recovered that was returned for a touchdown towards the very end of the game that, you know, changed the nature of the last couple minutes of that game a little bit. But either way, they scored 61 points and lost, which means there was something going on on the defensive side of the ball too, allowing North Carolina to score that many points. So either you believe that the North Carolina offense is going to be some sort of juggernaut over the course of the season, and I will give you the fact that in their two games so far this year, North Carolina has scored 56 and 63 points in their two games. So maybe the Appalachian State, or maybe the the North Carolina, excuse me, offense really is just that good. Or you believe that there are gains to be had and there are points to be scored on this Appalachian State defense. And after watching that game and reviewing that game in week one, that is where I stand. That is what I believe. And we will talk a little bit about why. So Appalachian State, the way they play their defense is a a very interesting style of defense. It's, it's not that different than sort of what the the standard, you know, sort of trendy um, style of defense is in, you know, 2022, where they play a lot of light boxes. They play a lot of two deep safeties. And they, at least on early downs, are going to essentially dare you to run the ball. And they believe that they can stop the run that way. Uh, they do have a couple... One of the things that they do that's similar to what Sam Houston did last week against AM is they do slant and twist their fronts quite a bit. So this will be an opportunity for the AM offensive line, hopefully featuring Bryce Foster, we'll see you there, hopefully featuring Layden Robinson full-time on the interior, and hopefully those additions combined with a little bit of additional experience plus the, the game planning and the practice this week Improves their ability to handle the line movement from the defensive line from Appalachian State. That's how they like to defend the run. They will also, they love to bring the slot defender and one of their linebackers in pressure, both against the run game and against the pass game when they need a stop. So when they need a stop, they're going to play man coverage on the back end, and they're going to bring extra pressure. And that's really what showed up towards the end of the game as they were trying to stop North Carolina from being able to move the ball down the field and being able to continue to score while they were making their comeback in that North Carolina game. The problem is is that from a schematic standpoint, they asked a ton of their second-level players. So there is specifically... The linebackers and their like their overhang defenders and their slot defenders. Um, they have a guy on their defensive line. I think they list him technically as a linebacker. He's a he's an edge rusher. Nick Hampton. Nick Hampton is a legit NFL edge rushing prospect. He's a little bit on the smaller side in the 240, 250-pound range, but he is a absolutely legit edge rush prospect. Threat, And he gave the North Carolina right tackle fits in the pass game from the jump, from the very first snap of the game through the rest of the game. He was extremely disruptive. He had two and a half sacks, five total tackles, a forced fumble, another quarterback hit on top of the two and a half sacks. Like extremely disruptive, very good NFL-quality player on the defensive front and will have to be able to handle that. But they ask their second level defenders to do a lot of diagnosing and to do a lot of reacting based on what the offense does. And that's it's a sound way to play defense if you have the dudes to play defense that way. Um, the problem is is that if they' if you're outmatched from a talent standpoint, and you put your linebackers in these read-and-react, if-then sort of scenarios, then you can wind up giving up some big plays if they make the wrong read. And that happened several times in the matchup against North Carolina this past Saturday. We'll get into a little bit about how North Carolina was able to manipulate these second-level defenders for App State, but first... I'm going to tell you guys about Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports information this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week's games. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sport wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. So, the way North Carolina was able to manipulate these defenders at the second level, so usually it's two off ball linebackers and then a slot defender, overhang defender who's sort of playing between the inside wide receiver and the end man on the line of scrimmage for the, for the offense um, in that overhang type position. It's a really common role in 2022 defenses, especially in the world where we're playing with two safeties deep instead of loading boxes now. And we are um, with having those two safeties deep. We have sort of an, uh, instead of being able to have our slot defender play out all the way over the slot on early downs when we're too deep, a lot of times we got to have that guy sort of splitting the difference, knowing that he's got a safety over the top to protect him a little bit in the pass game so that he can participate in the run game down the field as well. But they ask those guys at the second level to defend a multitude of looks from the offense. So there's, they run a lot of, you know, one way to, one terminology used to describe it is a green dog. And that, it's a football terminology way of saying, if the guy you're responsible for on defense either blocks or goes away from you to the other side of the formation in the play, you're then going to rush the quarterback. And they do that a ton. And so if the, the running back has, is in the backfield, both of the linebackers will have responsibility for that line, for that running back. And depending on which way he goes – it will send one of the linebackers in coverage and the other linebacker either rushing or back to play in the hole underneath or something like that. The way North Carolina was able to sort of manipulate that a few times and create some really big plays off of it is to use backfield action and motion action to change the responsibilities of those second-level defenders just before the snap – without giving them the opportunity to make their adjustments and calls and get all on the same page. So you would wind up seeing a jet motion across the backfield with a wide receiver going from one side of the formation to the other, basically right at the snap. And by them going across there like that, it changed the assignments of the second-level defenders right at the last minute, right before the snap. And when those change, it increases the odds – that you're going to get a bust from one of those players. And so you would see a guy go across in jet motion and one of these linebackers fly downhill to play against that jet sweep action and make sure that that jet sweep didn't either get the ball or catch a pass coming out of the backfield. And he would vacate the area of the field that he was responsible for in a zone coverage or vacate the area or the individual that he may have been responsible for in the middle of the field in man coverage. And there were, several times, five, six, seven, eight times throughout the game in key situations. The red zone, at the goal line, right at the end of the half, they used this sort of action to manipulate these second-level defenders and create these big passing windows behind it to create big plays and score touchdowns. They did it at the end of the half, the first half, with just a few seconds left. They did it again towards the end of the fourth quarter to give them – one of their last touchdowns of the game. Um, and they also did it a couple of times to create lanes in the running game that turned into big explosive games. So that technique, using backfield action, I use the jet sweep example. There's also the example of the tight end um, taking a sift action or going from one side of the formation to the other immediately after the snap. And sometimes that's with the flow of the running back to serve as a lead blocker. Sometimes it's against the flow of the running back in sort of a split zone situation to try to block the in man on the line of scrimmage a little differently in a zone run game. Um, And sometimes it's in a play action game to get him out in the flat, the opposite side, but just again, to mess with those assignments from those linebackers and those overhang defenders to try to create opportunities for there to be space for the quarterback to work with. And it worked, needless to say, to the tune of 352 yards and four touchdowns from Drake May, the North Carolina uh, quarterback, along with 230 yards on 35 yards or excuse me, 215 net yards on 35 carries by the North Carolina running backs and, and ball carriers. Caleb Hood, one of the running backs, carried the ball six times for 87 yards. Now, granted, one of those was a 71 yard run um, that put them down at the four yard line in the, in the early fourth quarter that set them up for a touchdown. But still, the point is that those big plays are there. They had quarterback Drake May had a 27 yard run at one point. George Petaway, another running back, had a 26 yard run all three of those guys averaged over five and a half yards per carry. The team as a whole averaged over six yards per carry. They were able to essentially get whatever they wanted on defense or on offense from the app state defense by using this action in the backfield. And whenever they used just sort of straight play action, inside zone play action um, or draw action, to the running back without anybody crossing the formation, App State was able to handle that relatively well. They did use that action. They did use motion right before the snap. Not quite jet motion, but a wide receiver motion from one side of the field to the other right before the snap on one play. And by doing that, it forced App State, or App State responded to that by rotating their safety. So the safety who was the deep safety in the middle of the field rotated to take that wide receiver who motioned across and the safety who was over the wide receiver motioned to the middle of the field. And they were able to use that late motion to get that safety who went to the middle of the field to stop his feet against play action. And they were able to throw the ball over the top of him for a big play. So there are going to be opportunities for Evan Stewart and Aniah Smith and Chris Marshall and Yul Keith Brown, and Chase Lane, and Moose Muhammad, and we could name all of these wide receivers. Several of those names would be better than the best wide receiver that North Carolina has on their roster. And App State's going to have to handle all of them this week. Now, again, am has got to be able to protect it up. They will, like I said, they will bring pressure, and there were several times – against North Carolina where they brought more guys than North Carolina could block. A couple Once or twice, it hurt App State because Drake May was able to get the ball out quickly and they were able to convert for a first down on a, on a third and relatively short where they were able to get the ball out and get a catch and run for pretty decent yardage. But there were other times where they would bring that extra guy that couldn't be blocked and either Drake May didn't see it, he didn't diagnose it, and know he needed to be hot, he needed to throw to his his outlet receiver quickly, or there wasn't a hot route or a, a quick route built into the play itself. And because of that, he was stuck in the pocket waiting for these downfield routes to develop, and wound up taking a couple of hits through a couple of incompletions in those sorts of situations. So anim has got to be able to protect it up. Haynes King has to be able to see it coming. One of the things you see with this App State defense is when they're bringing a blitz from the secondary, when they're bringing pressure, The most, most of the time it's going to be the guy playing the slot receiver. When that guy is coming, they are going to stack a safety behind him or another defensive back aligned with that receiver. They're not really – there wasn't much – late rotating and disguising happening associated with their pressures. They would have their defenders lined up in a certain way and be able to bring pressure from that look. But there wasn't a whole lot of late disguise other than who's coming. Uh, the slot guy, it was relatively easy you know, for me, at least sitting here watching it on, on video it was relatively easy for me to look at before a play and say, hey, this guy's probably coming because of the way they're aligned. Hopefully it's they see that on tape too, and they give Haynes King the resources to see that and look for that. There was some pretty decent disguise from App State when the linebackers were coming as part of the pressure. Uh, part of that is because of, like I said earlier, the green dog nature of it, the after-the-snap reaction to it. Now, part of running a play like that on defense is that because it's not an immediate at-the-snap action, a lot of times the quarterback has the opportunity to get the ball out before you get there. But the goal is, is that if for every blocker they add, I add another rusher, the goal is to be able to wind up getting a free runner at the quarterback and be able to get a hit on the quarterback before he gets the ball out, or even if he gets the ball out, get a hit on him after the after the throw or at the throw and met, let him let him know that we're there. Let's get into our game predictions for how we think this game is going to go on Saturday. I think, and I said this on Twitter earlier today. If you're not following me there, follow me at Locked On Aggies or at Lock at Joey Eights and. I said this on Twitter earlier that my quote unquote hot take for the day, for this week, for this AM App State game is that, with no disrespect intended to App State, I think AM beats App State this week more handily than they beat Sam Houston in week one. And there are a few reasons why I feel that way. One is it's no longer the first game of the season. So, it's no longer um, Haynes King's second full game. It's no longer all of these true freshmen's first college football game. Hopefully, fingers crossed, there's not a three hour rain delay in there to disrupt the rhythm of the game. Hopefully, we will get the return of a more stable interior offensive line for AM, and they will be able to protect and handle the movement up front from the Mountaineers defense. If they do that, I don't think App State has the playmakers in the back end or the coverage players in the back end, in the secondary to be able to handle and play with and stay with these a and wide receivers. I think Anaya Smith has another big day. I think Evan Stewart really puts a big imprint on this game. And I think that... Haynes King is going to put up big numbers again, protect the football, hopefully a little bit better. We'll see some progression. Maybe avoid the one or two throws that you really hope to have back. Make a little bit better decisions. I think the AM defense is going to be able to handle the early down run game from App State, that we talked about from the pistol sets with the traditional sort of inside and outside zone running game. I think AM's defensive line will be able to own the line of scrimmage against App State, and the linebackers will run and make a bunch of tackles. Antonio Johnson and Damani Richardson will come downhill from their defensive back positions and make a bunch of tackles. I think AM wins. We'll call it 42 to 7. I think they do give up some points for the first time this season, but I don't think the game is all that close, and I don't think, I think it will feel like a much more thorough victory than the game against Sam Houston did, because I think they'll be able to run the ball a little better. They'll create some big plays running the ball, and it will sort of ease everyone's mind, and it will feel a little easier because of the way they're able to run the ball, and I think the defense will continue to play extremely well, but I do think App State will be able to put some points on the board, according to our friends at Bet Online. The spread is A minus eighteen. So if you are a uh, of if you are a gambling type, minus eighteen is the line. My prediction is, like I said, forty two to seven. That tells you what you need to know about whether I think A Covers the spread this week or not. Guys, thanks so much for joining me. That's the show for today. You can follow me on Twitter, like I said earlier, at Joey Ikes. You can follow the show at LockedOnAggies. You can follow us on YouTube. Please do that. Please subscribe to the show. We're trying to grow that channel, trying to get to 1,000 subscribers by October 8th, just under a month from now, by the time we get to the Alabama game. So, that's sort of the goal that we've set for the channel to get it to a thousand subscribers. We're at about 600 now. So, I'd love to get it there to that thousand mark. So, if you're listening on the audio side on Apple or uh, Spotify or Odyssey or any of those places where you get your podcast, rate us and review us there. Give us a five star review and go head on over to your YouTube app or to your computer and go to YouTube. Find us on YouTube and click subscribe there, like the videos, comment on the videos, get the conversation going there, and hit the little notification bell so you never miss one of our new videos. And now that you have made Locked on Aggies your first listen, get more on the SEC by listening to Locked on SEC as your second listen. Host Chris Gordy takes you around the SEC with local experts and great interviews around the SEC in 30 minutes or less. That's locked on SEC. Make locked on SEC your second listen every day. Thanks and enjoy this game. Giga Maggies.